0: Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website. One that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode number 47 of the Website Coach Podcast. Now, I launched this podcast back in october 2022 and as I'm approaching my fiftieth episode, I thought it would be a good idea to look back and think about what I've learned about podcasting and the impact having a podcast has had on my business. and if you are thinking about or have ever thought about having a podcast, I think you will find this really useful, and even if you're not, I think you will find this interesting because. You never know, you might change your mind. (laughs) And I know a couple of years ago, I was at a business event and there was a slot in the afternoon where somebody was talking about podcasting. And at the time, I thought, I have no intention of ever starting a podcast. Why on earth would somebody podcast? Nobody listens to them. And here I am, a couple of years on, and I'm one year into my podcast. We all change our mind. Before I talk about what I've actually learned, I think it's really useful to talk about why I actually started a podcast and why I changed my mind. Now, I chose to start a podcast because I wanted to reach more of my target audience. And I also wanted to deepen the relationship with people who already knew me. I wanted to increase the know, like and trust factor. Ultimately, with the intention of having a greater impact and selling more websites and other services. So, why a podcast rather than any other platform? Because a podcast is just another platform for connecting with an audience. And if you go back a year or so ago, I was blogging, albeit pretty inconsistently. (laughs) And I was also active on social media, particularly Instagram. There are lots of podcasts out there. According to Podcast Insights... I'm sure you follow that uh, website, (laughs) there are just over 2 million podcasts. And about, just under half of them, about 850,000, are considered to be active. And by active, we mean still posting episodes. So that just under a million podcasts compares to about 600 million blogs. 1 million podcast, 600 million blogs significantly fewer people are podcasting than blogging. Now, you may have noticed that I still publish a lot of blogs. Almost all solo podcast episodes are blogs too. This one is. They're repurposed. So, why a podcast? Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to them when I'm walking the dog, when I'm ironing, sorting laundry, and sometimes in the car. I don't know, are you doing something else at the moment? Because the great thing about podcasts is you can listen to them while you're doing something else. You can't read a book or indeed a blog post or watch a YouTube video in the same way. So I get most of my business education from podcasts. And I know you're busy too. You might scroll through social media but I don't think you necessarily have the time or the inclination to watch a YouTube video or read blog posts as much either. So a podcast is a good way to reach my target audience, people like you. And in fact, I knew I was listening to podcasts and I knew a lot of my target audience were too. Podcasting is also a more intimate form of marketing. You're in somebody's ears. They can hear your voice. They get to know you in a different, more personal way compared to reading a book or a blog post. And unless your podcast episodes are very short, you've also got their attention for a longer period of time. It's a very powerful way of marketing. There's also the fact that I had no intention of doing a YouTube channel. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure my target audience really watches YouTube for business education because they rarely have the time. But there's also the fact that it doesn't matter what I look like when I podcast, when I record an episode. Whereas when you are recording YouTube videos, certainly I would need to go to the hairdressers probably before I would record a YouTube channel. (laughs) So, what have I learned in almost 50 episodes? Well, the first lesson is it's no silver bullet. Launching my podcast has not transformed my business. It hasn't turned me into an overnight success, and I'm not being touted as the next Amy Porterfield. (laughs) You know who she is, don't you? Just because I've got a podcast, it doesn't mean that I suddenly have queues of people wanting to work with me. Although my business does continue to grow steadily, podcast is a brilliant addition to my business, but it's not a game changer. There's no shortcut in business, no silver bullet. There's no one thing that's going to suddenly catapult your business into the next league. Like anything, it takes time. You need to be patient and you need to be consistent. You need to find ways to get in front of new people who are your target audience. You need to create or recycle content that connects with them. And you need to present offers that persuade them to buy from you, either when they're ready or when it suits you. A podcast gives credibility and it definitely builds that know, like and trust factor with potential clients. The fact that I'm in your ears and you listen for a longer period of time than you would read a social media post deepens that relationship. I was at a networking event a couple of months ago and it amused me that quite a number of people who I didn't know, I'd never met them before, but when I introduced myself, they told me they listened to my podcast. Maybe you're one of them, in which case, hello. (laughs) And... As a result of that, we started a discussion from a point where they felt they already knew me. That's really valuable. Second lesson is it doesn't market itself. Now, I must admit, I feel a bit missold here. From podcast coaches and everything I had read and listened to, I thought that having my podca- having a podcast and certainly having it listed with Apple, Spotify, etc meant people who I didn't know would find my podcast, and in fact, the likes of Apple, etc. would promote it for me. And some listeners may have found me this way. In fact, if you have found me just by chance through Apple, Spotify, etc., please do let me know, because I'd be really interested to understand how many people have found me this way, because I doubt it's very many. And funnily enough, I've probably now got a little bit more empathy with people who think that having a website means people who are searching for a business like yours will automatically find you. Because they won't. It's a competitive world. Now, with a podcast, of course, the shows that are in the top 10 in the charts or who get featured in the new and newsworthy get a boost. And I would just like to say that for... A couple of days, I was actually ahead of the wonderful, amazing Amy Porterfield in the UK business charts. But why would Apple choose to promote my show, which remember is targeted at entrepreneurs and small business owners, and it's about websites, marketing, and running a small business, over something that has wider appeal or has been going for a lot longer? No. I have to market my show myself. Nobody else is going to. And yes, marketing a podcast, just like marketing anything else, is hard work. Like anything, you need a strategy. And you need to follow through on that strategy. Now, there are some things that you can do for a podcast which you can't do for other forms of of marketing other things. For example, inviting guests onto your podcast and asking them to share the episode with their audience, guesting on other podcasts, promoting via social media, and even ads. These are all different ways of building your podcast audience. And it's something which I don't feel that I have done anywhere near as much of as I really could do. i vow to do better for the next 50 episodes. (laughs) Okay, lesson number three, and I think this will surprise you. You need little equipment to record a show. You do not need a soundproof studio, fancy mics or a mixing desk that looks like something a 1980s DJ would have in order to record a podcast. I have a Blue Snowball mic. I already had this. It cost me, I can't remember, but it was certainly less than £100. And I just use the same Mac that I design websites on. I put a couple of cushions behind the mic or, and against the nearby wall to reduce sound bouncing around. I also have a sign, which my family bought me for Christmas, that I put on the door to say that I'm recording, in the hope that they will be quiet. <laughs> I can tell you the sign doesn't work because my family start banging doors, grinding coffee, playing music, etc. You've probably found similar if you've ever tried to go live, for example, on Facebook. So I must admit, I found it easier to record when they're not at home. than rely upon my sign. You literally just need a device to record on. It can have an inbuilt mic or you can have a separate mic and a space that's not too noisy or echoey. And that brings me on to number four, which is the sound quality doesn't have to be perfect. Every podcast coach will tell you that the sound quality is super important. As a listener, I will tell you it isn't. And feel free to disagree with me on this one. (laughs) But certainly, I don't think it's as important as podcast coach tell you. Now, that's not to say that you can get away with lots of background noise or very poor sound quality. But I spent... A, an extremely frustrating couple of hours trying to record episodes with headphones covering my ears before eventually, thank you Google, realising that you can't record in Apple Mac's app garage band with Bluetooth headphones. I've got an awful lot of hours of silence recorded, <laughs> which is the evidence that you can't do that. Lots of podcasters, radio presenters, etc. wear headphones. you probably seen them, particularly the -the over-the-ear ones which are considered to be better, and that's in order to avoid feedback. But I realised that I couldn't hear any difference in the sound quality on episodes that I recorded with headphones, wired in, and ones without, so I ditched them. I'm currently recording where I record almost all of my episodes, which is the largest room it's got wooden floors, one rug, a table tennis table. Don't ask. <laughs> it's got a desk, the desk I work at, and other surfaces where sound can bounce. It's not the ideal place to record a podcast, but it's my office, and it also doubles as family play space, hence the table tennis table. Now I did try and record once in our airing cupboard because there's a lot of bedding to absorb the sound, and obviously it's small. It's big enough to actually sit in, not much room to swing a cat, but you can just about sit in it. But I can tell you it's flippin' uncomfortable. I've also tried a blanket tent, literally sat with blankets over my head at my desk. Especially in this weather, it's extremely hot and it's definitely not comfortable. And then I noticed something. The podcasts that I listened to, I started listening to them with a different perspective. And I realized that the sound quality wasn't always great. And this was especially the case if they were interviewing somebody else. Because whilst they may have a good setup, the person they were interviewing almost certainly wasn't, didn't have. Sometimes you could even hear a dog barking doorbell ring or some other external noise. Sometimes people would comment on it. Sometimes it would just be ignored. Because most podcasters record from home. And I've even noticed on TV, you probably have too. How many times have you seen experts interviewed from their homes over or similar? They don't have studio sound. Sometimes even celebs have f- heard phone into radio shows from their car in order to get away from the noise in the house and their children. The sound quality just needs to be good enough. Recording somewhere at home where you can be on your own using basic equipment is perfectly fine. And I hope that you find the quality, the sound quality of these episodes good enough. Please do tell me if you don't. I am aware that some of the earlier episodes were a little more echoey, and that's something which I think I have fixed, and I will come on and explain how I fixed that with using a piece of software. But actually, I think the effort that people put in in order to get a better sound quality is not actually worth it. People are much more interested in what you are saying, and you just need to make sure that that they can actually hear that. Lesson number five. This may also surprise you. The tech isn't difficult. And I suspect the tech used to be a lot more difficult a few years ago, but that certainly is not the case anymore. And you may may think that I am tech savvy. I do build websites after all, but actually, I'm not very good with tech that I don't know. And I have learned to use the tech that's required for podcasting. And I can tell you it's not difficult. (laughs) At its most basic, You just need to load an MP3 file onto a podcast platform. You may think I'm talking another language there, but let me explain. I use a piece of software called Captivate. Captivate is brilliant. It hosts my podcast. It allows me to add show notes. I literally just type in the space where it says show notes. And it distributes it to all the major players like Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. I don't have to do any of that. So once I have the MP3 file, and an MP3 file is just an ordinary audio file, it takes me about 15 to 20 minutes to upload each episode. The files are quite large, so that does take a few minutes. To add the show notes, put the the episode number, and literally hit schedule at the right time and date. Now I only ever lightly edit episodes before they are added to Captivate. I add the music at the beginning and the end, which is obviously pre-recorded. It's the same music at the beginning and the end each week. And then with regard to the text in the middle, if I make a mistake, I just re-record that bit. If I'm interviewing on Zoom, I'll do that bit again and then cut out the mistake. You will probably have noticed that I don't edit out ums and ahs or the occasional word stumble probably more than occasional, to be fair. And when I mentioned earlier on that the sound quality has improved through a piece of software that I use, I use something called Descript. Descript is another brilliant piece of software, which helps me edit out the mistakes, but it's also got a studio sound toggle. And this improves the sound quality, and it also balances out the difference in volume if I've interviewed somebody. Many podcasters outsource editing, but I actually do it myself. That might surprise you. <laughs> it's not difficult, as I've mentioned. doesn't actually take very long. Interviews tend to take longer than solo episodes. And often, like now, I'm recording so close to the episode going out that it's just not fair to ask somebody to edit it on a Sunday. Lesson number six. It doesn't need to be expensive. So I use equipment I already had, my microphone, my Mac, and sofa cushions to absorb the sound. I pay for Captivate and Descript, and that's a few hundred pounds a year. Probably works out to be no more than 500 pounds a year, so say 10 pounds an episode. And I edit the episodes myself, which obviously costs me time rather than actual money. Of course, time is money. Let's not forget that. (laughs) Okay, number seven of things that I have learned is that solo episodes like this one take me a lot of time. I'm not somebody who can set up a mic, have a title and just talk for 20 minutes. At least not in the way that I want to come across, which is polished, professional and sounding like I know what I'm talking about the reality is that very few podcasters can actually do that. They can literally just talk for the whole of their podcast episode. Most work from an outline that has been prepared earlier. That might be notes, bullet points or it might be a full script. And the way I do it is I always write the blog post first. So most of the blog posts associated with a podcast episode are 2,000 to 2,500 words long. And I make them that kind of length. Sometimes they're a little bit shorter or a little bit longer because I know that that equates to about 20 minutes, which is what I'm looking for my podcast episodes to be. And while I type and indeed think quite quickly, two to 2,500 words still takes me quite a while. And when I come to record, I'll often add stories or I'll change the words up when I talk. But by having that blog post, it allows me to speak fluently and thoughtfully in a way which I hope makes sense. So each solo episode takes me a lot longer to write and record than I had anticipated when I decided to start a podcast. But I must admit, I enjoy that whole process. I enjoy the process of coming up with a t- with an idea of writing and then recording. Lesson number eight is that interviews are worthwhile doing. So I publish a combination of solo episodes and interviews with other small business owners. That was always my intention. And I've deliberately chosen to interview small business owners that you don't find on other podcasts. Because I think it's helpful to hear from people who have been where you are now and are just a bit further on, or maybe they're at the same stage. There are lots of people who go on podcasts and who regularly who do the podcast circuit. And often they're people who are in another league to where certainly I am. And there is a lot you can learn from that, but actually, There's an awful lot you can learn from people who are also just a little bit further ahead than you. And the other thing is I like to give my own clients, so that's people whose websites I've built, a platform to expand their own reach. I see it as a bonus of me building their website. Now, whilst interviews are slightly quicker in terms of the length of time they take me, they're not always easy. They take time to set up and schedule and not everybody responds. They take time to prepare for and edit afterwards because I always listen to them all the way through. And the other thing about interviews, which I have found, is because they're at a set time during the day, it's often harder to ensure a quiet house. And the doorbell almost always rings and the dog frequently barks too. (laughs) But one of the benefits of inviting guests on is that they share the episode with their own audience, which expands my own reach. And I'm also genuinely interested in talking to people and finding out how others have grown their business and found clients. And I hope you find the interviews useful too. Lesson number nine is that content can be repurposed. Now, I knew this before I started. And Like any long-form content, podcasts can be repurposed. Almost every solo podcast episode is also a blog post. And as I've mentioned, I actually write the blog post first and then repurpose that into a podcast episode. Many podcasters actually do it the other way around. And as a result, in the 11 months since I started, I've probably published about 30 new blog posts. And there's probably about another 10 that have been updated. And I've started to publish those blog posts as LinkedIn articles too. And I also use the content for Instagram posts and Instagram reels. And in fact, I haven't recorded it yet, but there will probably be a reel coming about what I've learned about podcasting. And I did a podcast episode and indeed blog post all about this which is how to repurpose your blog content which you can go back and see. Final lesson number 10. Podcasting is enjoyable. Yes I genuinely enjoy podcasting. I don't find it difficult to come up with topics. I have all sorts of ideas for topics usually when I'm on a dog walk is when I'll come up with ideas or sometimes just sat and doing nothing and I do sometimes find that when I sit down to outline an episode my mind goes blank or I can't think of enough content or it's just not flowing so sometimes I will change my mind about actually what I'm going to write about and in fact I did that this week I was going to uh record an episode about podcasting, but I was going to record a slightly different episode, much more about how to podcast, and actually decided that it would be better to talk about what I've learned from it. That would be more interesting than actually how to go about it. And I enjoy interviewing guests. I'm genuinely curious about their business and about how they market and the tips that they have for people. And I even enjoy recording the episodes. I suspect if you go back and listen to my earlier episodes that you will find more recent episodes sound better than the earlier ones because I found my voice and it just flows better. And so many listeners have told me how valuable they find the episodes to be. And I'm always interested in the feedback, both good and if you've got any criticism too, anything that can help me because I want to improve these episodes for you. Hearing that I'm helping people, I, I love to hear that because that's what I set out to do and that's what I really want to do. So to conclude, I'm almost a year into my podcasting journey and if you'll allow me a moment to be self-indulgent, I must admit I feel very proud of what I have achieved. I've published an episode every single Monday since I started. Only one was slightly late. It was a couple of hours late because when I checked whether it had gone out when I woke up on the Monday morning, it wasn't there. And when I looked, it wasn't scheduled. I thought I'd scheduled it, but I presume I just hadn't, or maybe I'd not pressed save. So that one went out slightly later, but it was still on a Monday morning, still made it. So I've managed to publish an episode every single Monday since I started in October 2021. It's definitely been harder work and taken more time than anticipated. And as I talked about earlier, it hasn't had the impact on my bottom line that many podcasting coaches tell you it will have. And I don't think that's just me. I think it's probably why so many people give up podcasting within the first few months, so called pod fade, or after an initial bout of enthusiasm no longer publish on the same regular basis that they originally set out to. For example, weekly, it might be on an irregular schedule. But I'm almost one year in, and I'm convinced it will pay off in the longer term. Consistency matters, and I'm willing to be patient. That's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you are thinking about launching a podcast, please do let me know. I'd be really, really interested. And I say, I hope you found this episode interesting. I am going to continue to publish episodes weekly. I say I really enjoy them. So here's to the next year, the next 50 episodes. And I will see you 6am next week. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end.